There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions? More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit, with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, whatever part of the world you're listening from, and whatever time zone. I'm really glad you joined us tonight. I tell you, this past week has been wonderful. We've had a minister leaders conference, and it is an awesome. We had a special guest at um, Leland, and I'm excited to announce that they gave me permission. I got permission from Leland to play his music and his songs on here. So I just wanted to bless you. It's called Refresh Me, and it's by Leland, and I'll be back with you in about five minutes.
Well, everyone, I'm sorry for the. It sounded a little audio trouble there. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it's just my end that sounded audio trouble, but I will try and play it in a different way next time. But it, to me, this week was completely and totally refreshing. Only the Holy Ghost can refresh like he's been refreshing. And that was Leland um, with Refresh Me. If you want to go to their website, it's lelandonline.com. And we're con- Dr. Frank Summerall and I are continuing our series on healing is the children's bread. And um, Dr. Frank Summerall has been in the ministry for over 50 years, mighty man of God. He has a love for people and souls and a love for God. And um, with no further ado, I'm going to hand you over to bar- Dr. Frank Summerall. Dr. Frank Summerall, you're live on the air. Please take your liberty in the Holy Ghost. Well, thank you very much. The music that was spoken at that time and sung is a beautiful thing having to do with the fact that worship. Worship brings the presence of God. That heals our bodies. But as we look at this thing, it says healing is the children's bread. It has to do with the fact that where is that said? Well, this is in the Amplified. This is in Mark chapter 7, beginning verse 25. Instead, at once, a woman whose daughter had been under the control of an unclean spirit heard about him, came and flung herself down at his feet. Now, the woman was a Greek, a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by nationality. She kept begging him to drive a demon out of her daughter. He said to her, let the children be fed, because it's not proper or right to take the children's bread and throw it to little house dogs. She answered him, said, yes, Lord, but even the small pups under the table eat the children's scraps of food. He said to her, because of this saying, you may go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter permanently. She went home and found the child thrown on the couch, and the demon departed. Having to do with the fact that Jesus paid it all. And so that's why we say healing is the children's bread. If you're a child of God, it belongs to you. And we've said so many times how healing has come to our bodies. It belongs to the child of God. Now, if you're not a child of God, you can be. We can pray with you and bring you to salvation and let Jesus come in and cause his power and his spirit and his glory to come in your life and it will change you. All the way through the word of God, we find that God is interested in people and he loves us. And the enemy of our soul has brought the destruction upon people, not God. God did not bring the destruction the enemy did. We find all the way back in the book of Genesis how that when Adam turned over all of the authority that he had to Satan, that's when everything came in. Sin, sickness, everything else, death, because of the disobedience that came upon all mankind. We know that to be true because we see it right there in the scripture. Then Jesus came. When Jesus came, he turned the thing around. He said, all you have to do is start believing, start receiving, start accepting. Start understanding what I've done for you. And that's why Isaiah, when he prophesied, with the stripes were healed. And it wasn't until the Roman Empire came that actually they had flagellation, a scourging, to which one would be beat in such a manner that they would just about die. And uh, we could go into great detail, but there, what we won't do it, we'll say that what Isaiah saw in the Spirit, writing it down, he had no idea what he was writing. And it wasn't until that time of the Roman Empire that those punishments came to people. And so God made a way. God made a way. And the Bible says that Jesus 
when he paid everything. He did everything. He had thorns, crown of thorns in his head, and he had holes in his feet. And he had a, spire, a, a spear in his side with ribbon in his side. And all of the things that he went through, unbelievable, unbelievable pain, excruciating pain, pain that cannot even be spoken about. It'd be outside of our natural ability even to, you know, understand what he went through. But he paid it all. The Bible says there in Isaiah that the Lord was pleased to bruise him. Well, the only reason for that was because mankind had a deliverer, and that deliverer was Jesus. And Jesus paid the full price for everyone. I've seen healings all over the world. I've seen God's power working all over the world. And I, in fact, one of the last times when I was traveling, I was in Nigeria. And I was in a meeting with Bonke, Reinhard Bonke. And we're about six hours north of Lagos, a little town called Owo, O-W-O. I don't even know it's on the map. But we were there in that town, and there he had a healing crusade. Every night we'd go. And uh, generally, when they turn the lights on, I mean, these were lights on top of towers so they could have adequate lighting. And uh, the speakers, the huge speakers they put up in the air and everything else. I mean, it was done. And so it was during a rainy season, and the rain would come and go, would come and go, come and go. And uh, Brother Bonke was saying to us, I'm so sorry we have so little people here. I said, what are you talking about, so little people? He said, we only have 200,000. (laughs) <laughs> I started, I laughed. I said, Brother Reinhardt, you said 200,000. There's a lot of cities, not even 200,000 people. He said, yeah. And then he began to tell us, he said, in several cities there in Nigeria, that he had preached to over 1 million people. 1 million. One of the places was close to 2 million people. So outside of that realm, then one of the amazing things was there was no healing line. No because they would rush the platform and trample you to death because the people that need healing, they're so desperate for healing. Now, here in the United States, what we have is always plan B. Plan A is what Jesus has done for us. And then we tell Jesus after our prayer, we say, Jesus, if you don't heal me, I'm going to the medicine cabinet. Now, I see some of you out there laughing right now. But you know you're guilty of it right now. I see it. I see it on your face right there. That you're guilty. <laughs> if you don't heal me at such and such a time, I'm going to the medicine cabinet. <laughs> well, you've got to know this. You've got to stay with it. Now, the other people in third world countries, they don't have plan B. They only got plan A. It's either trust God or die. Trust God or die. That's, that's where it's at. And so... The miracles that took place in Nigeria several years back now that we saw in abundance, they came up to testify of the miracle. No hands were laid upon the people. God touched them by his power. They came to the platform to testify of the miraculous power of Almighty God. One of the great miracles was a man that was a, he was in the military. He was fighting for other countries. And uh, he was shot in such a way that bullet went into his eye, the, the back part of his eye. It did kill him, but it created an infection in one eye. 
and that eye was totally, you know, taken out. So he had to have a glass eye put in, and the infection, they took care of that and anything else. And during the time that that man stood on the platform, he came up yelling, jumping up and down, says, I can see, I can see. And they brought a Bible to him, and he could read that Bible with that eye, the glass eye, or without it. (laughs) That's right, with the glass eye or without it. Those are the kinds of miracles that are called creative miracles. I believe in these last days that we're living that we shall see the creative miracles of God. And I, I've, I've seen it in ministry here in the last few years, how God has had creative miracles come and touch people and set them free, causing his glory. Remember one time up in uh, Minnesota, Frank Valadian, she came down and I asked what her problem was. She said the neck problem. Uh, I was just going to just say, just a simple neck problem, you know, I prayed for she went down under the power, which means that the power of God touches her and someone catches her on the way down, you know, before she hurts herself. And so while she was on the the uh, carpet, which is uh, God's operating table, she jumped up off there. She says, I'm healed, I'm healed. I said, well, how's your neck? She moved it all around, so I'm fine. But she says, I really didn't come for that. I came for what I really needed. I said, well, what was that? And then she began to explain that several years ago she was in a terrible car accident and part of her leg was crushed and the doctor had taken two inches of bone out of her leg. I said, is that a fact? She said, yeah. And so uh, she showed the pants that she was wearing and sure enough, and God grew out that leg two inches. <laughs> He showed the difference. We could see the difference right there. How God did create. And she said she came for her neck, but she got the healing she really wanted. So God is doing creative miracles. He's a great creator. He's still creating. He can heal. He can touch. He can set you free. He can cause his glory and his power, his majesty to flow, to flow in such a mighty, mighty, just, just, just like a river, like a mighty river. Get in the river, folks. Get in the river. Get in the river of God. Oh, hallelujah. That's where you need to be. Thank you, God. Give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. And thank you for what he's doing right now, how he's healing your body, how he's setting you free, and how the Spirit of God is touching you by his power and by his Spirit. Now, one of the things that we look at, when Jesus came, he was given the book to read. This is found in Luke chapter 4. And I'll read this to you. What we're going to be dealing with about this is that what Jesus said in regard to the Scripture, in Luke chapter 4, uh, beginning at about verse 17, there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found a place. Well, let's stop there for a moment. How did he find the place? Because he was looking for it. He knew it was there. Jesus was an avid reader of the Torah. He read the word of God. He read what the prophets said. And after the book was delivered to him, he read that certain area. Now notice verse 18. It said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, 
recovering of the sight of the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister, and sat down on all the eyes of them, and the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say to them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Oh, my, 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 my. Now, when he said that, what they were noticing, he was declaring that he's the Messiah. The declaration from what he was talking about was the very same. He said, I am the Messiah. See, these same words were spoken by the prophet Isaiah. If you'd follow me just for a moment, back to the 61st chapter of Isaiah, you will find the exact words spoken from the man of God. Now, Isaiah was written 700 years before Jesus was born. How an amazing, amazing scripture that we're looking at right now, how it has come and given us information, teaching us, showing us, bringing the things that we need in our hearts and lives and causing his glory to come upon us. Now, that is an amazing scripture having to do with the fact that that was written 700 years before Jesus was born. And noticing exactly what it's talking about, speaking in that area, speaking truth, showing exactly what is coming to pass in the book of Isaiah are these words. And uh, so when Jesus took the manual, when he took the Torah, when he took the prophets, and they delivered him the book. That means he was going to read that little book. He was going to tell what the book had to say and to go from there. That, that's exactly what he was about ready to do. And so in the process of time, as he was doing that, what he was announcing is that he is the Messiah of Israel. He is the Messiah of Israel. And that's why in Nazareth they took him out of there. And what they wanted to do is take him and put him on the brow of the hill and throw him right over. They're ready to throw him off. Now, see, Nazareth is a elevated area. And they were going to take him and cast him off and to throw him headlong down. But the Bible says Jesus passed through the middle of them. So as Jesus was making those statements and saying that, he was declaring that he is, he is the Messiah. He is the Messiah of Israel. They didn't want to hear that. They said, wait a minute here. We know about your mother and father, and we know about your brothers and sisters. We know about that. How can you possibly be the Messiah when all we know about these other things? Well, he did not answer them, of course. What he did, he just passed right through the middle of them while they were in the process to throw him over the brow of the hill. Now, again, let's talk about this. In the 61st chapter of the book of Isaiah, and we'll begin reading with that. It said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the eyes of those that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. 
vengeance of our God to cover all those who mourn in Zion. And so what he was talking about, what he was speaking about, is that he is that person right now, right here. One of the beautiful things today, all we have to do is call on his name. By calling on his name, raise up your hands and say, Lord, I need a healing. I need my back to be healed. I need my neck to be healed. I need my shoulders to be healed. I need my legs to be healed. If you call on the name of the Lord, he will heal you and set you free. Now, we are going to come to a couple other areas here as we speak about it. Talking about exactly what it is. You see, after Adam did what he did, one of the unusual things that, you know, God entrusted Adam with the whole thing. And because of that, what happened there is when he turned himself over to the enemy, he turned mankind over to the enemy. And that is the part of the thing. Now, we can say it this way. It said the first Adam ate of the fruit of the tree, and, and consequently that brought sin and sickness into the world. But the last Adam, Jesus, hung on a tree, and he took sickness <laughs> from this world. Uh, uh, read over here at First Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin shall live in the righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Already taken place, already taken place, according to their Isaiah, according to what it says in First Peter chapter two and verse twenty-four. So, look at this just for a moment. This is most amazing. When we discuss the area of healing, what exactly is healing? What is it about? Healing for the natural body. Now, our natural earthly bodies are made of clay. You can see that. The Bible says they're made from the dust of the earth. And uh, the Bible says that in Genesis 2-7, that since it was made from the dust of the earth, that God blew into man, into his nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That's what it says in Genesis 2-7. So that's what happened. That's how man received, came right from God. God blew into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul which means you can't die. <laughs> you really can't die. You're going to live one place or the other. Now, as we come into that area of truth, we reach a point now where we talk about the body, soul, and spirit. Now, your body is your five senses. And then your soul is your most of your will and your thinking power. And your spirit makes communication to God. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 4. He said, they that worship me must worship me, how? In spirit and in truth. I have seen a lot of soulical worship. Means they can jump and down, hoop and holler, carry on, do everything else. I was at a church several years back, and these people were, <laughs> uh, needless to say, that they were excited. They jumped, they danced, they hooped, they hollered. Why did they have themselves a time? And so here's what the Lord told me to say to them. The Lord said very preciously, he said, he said, children, my children, I need to know more about your devotion than your emotions. 
And when that word was given, a holy hush came on the congregation. Repentance came. Spirit of God came. And the anointing of the Lord came across in such a glorious, glorious way. They started falling out under the power. The anointing of God was so strong. Oh, it was so strong. Because truth was revealed. That God wants the devotion of our heart more than the emotion of our body. I'm not against anybody having, being happy, jumping, shout, dancing. I love it too. That's great. But if that's all we can do, that's not good enough. It's the devotion of our hearts. David said it. He said, as the heart pants after the water brook, so pants my soul after thee. So when we need something, as children of God, that's why it says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open to you. For everyone ask, they receive. When you look, you'll find when you knock, it shall be open to you. You find that in Matthew chapter 7, giving all that information in regard to that. So, what we do, now for example, if you're allergic to something, now, this happened several years ago, I was working at summertime with one of those old-fashioned sites and our uh, gravely that's a uh, tractor. Had mechanical problems, and I couldn't fix it myself. Didn't have time to go to the other side of the city to get it fixed. So we had to take a scythe and cut down pretty heavy, heavy uh, growth. You know, back there it was green and thick, and it was bringing a lot of mosquitoes. And I had to go back there and cut about an acre out. And you get that when I had my uncle with me there. And so once you start doing that, it, it was really hot. So uh, as I was doing that, I didn't realize that I was in the midst of a poison oak patch. We had some other workers with us. They got the poison oak. I mean, it was all over their body. When I started seeing that coming to my flesh, I said, no, you don't. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm sorry for not being smart about this poison oak thing. Please forgive me, but heal my body. And I saw that poison oak leave my body. It had attempted to enter. It had attempted to come up my arm. And I said, no, you're not going to do that. When I rebuked the poison oak, the poison ivy, anything like that, poison sumac, whatever it might be. Now, I'm not going to go roll into everything like that. I'm not going to be stupid. But what I will do, I'll take authority over it. Because I really didn't know that I was in the midst of it until some of the guys working with us. So they went to the medical side. I went to the spiritual side. And God healed that. He took that out of my body. And a miracle of God took place. <laughs> but needless to say, I didn't go back to the same area again. I had that tractor fixed the next day. And I went through with the railing. And we cut that stuff down. So the things that God wants us to do... When we know what to do and we don't do it, then we're at fault. We can ask God to forgive us, Lord. We really didn't understand what we were doing. That's very true. Now, 
the Spirit of God, all the way through the Bible, says that we have connection with him through Jesus Christ. And his Spirit performs miracles. His Spirit causes these things to happen. Look at the book of Zechariah, chapter 4 and verse 6. He said this, this is the word of the Lord, under Zerubbabel. He said, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So God performs the miracles that we need, the healings that we need, the things that we need. He will be with us. Now, while I'm speaking to you right now, I feel and I see in the spirit that there are some people out there that have some sicknesses in their body. Not only that, but they have pain. In fact, I'm seeing a lady right now that that you've got pain on the right side of your head. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if it's a migraine, but it's something that's bothered you for about two or three days. I take authority over that pain in the name of Jesus. I command it to leave your head. Now, I said, get out. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, raise your hand to do a holy dance before God. And you'll find it gone. You'll find it gone. Oh, there's a couple of people out there. You got a problem with your shoulders. I don't know. I don't know if exactly what's arthritis, but something. Maybe you've overworked your shoulders or something like that. You've got extreme pain in your shoulders. Now I see a couple out there. They got patches on your 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 shoulders because the pain is intense. Well, in the name of Jesus, we come against it right now. Come against that pain and command the pain to leave. In Jesus' name. <laughs> in Jesus. That's it. That's it right there. Just say Jesus. 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 Tell him how much you love him. Give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. <laughs> Start thanking him. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. That's it. Worship. 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 That's it. Ah, that's it right there. As you start worshiping the Lord, you'll find these things leaving your body. You find healing taking place. You find the glory of God showing up. Uh, You know, it's interesting that when you talk about everyone, when they think about the Lord's Prayer, they're actually saying the disciples' prayer. The Lord's Prayer is in John 17. Now that Jesus said, I've done the commission. I fulfilled what you want me to fulfill. Then it talks about their having to do with the fact of the disciples' prayer. That's what it said, Lord, teach us to pray. And one of the things that talks about that, for thine is the power, the kingdom, the power, your might, your glory, all that. But thine is, I mean, right now, right here, that it is, it is, it is right now, that the Lord wants to set the people free. Hallelujah. To let his glory, to let his glory, to let his glory move through and take that wonderful move of the Spirit of God. God is so good. God is so good. Now, I want to talk in another juncture here, okay? In another juncture here. Turn with me to the book of John. The book of John in chapter 9. The book of John in chapter 9. We're going to read an interesting story. having to do with the fact that family comes to church to what they're saying they have a man that's blind and notice that the the boy the man has been blind from birth from birth 
And so in watching these things happen, they ask the question, which one did sin? Who sinned? All right. And now watch this. Let's look at it here. This is the ninth chapter of the book of John. When he was passing by, he saw a blind man from birth. And the disciples asked him the question, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This one or his parents, that he was born blind. Yeshua answered and said, I'm reading from the Jewish Bible, neither did he or his parents sin, but the works of God would be revealed in him. It's necessary to perform the works of the one who sent me. While it's day, night is coming, no one's able to perform these. While I was in the world, I am the light of the world. And so, as he was speaking about that, some were saying about it, about the condition. Then, this is what Jesus did. So, they led him around there, and Yeshua told him what to do. They play, he put it on his eyes, and he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And when that happened, he came seeing. He placed the clay upon my eyes, and I washed, and I saw that some of the Pharisees were saying, this man is not from God because he's not observing the Sabbath. Now, Jesus also said many times, too, he says, you know, having to do with the Sabbath, just only one day. What about seven days of the week? That means you need to serve God every day of the week, not just only one day, not only on the Sabbath day. And they were saying how is a man, a sinner, able to do such signs? There was a great division among them. However, again, he said to the blind man, he said, well, what do you say? Because he opened your eyes. He said, he's a prophet. The Jewish leaders didn't believe concerning him that was blind, recovering his sight until they summoned the parents. And they talked to the parents about the boy. They said, is this your son? They said, uh, yes, this is our son. And said, uh, did you say he was born blind? He said, yes, he was born blind. Then how does he see? Then his parents had to say, we know not how he is doing this. But one thing, he's of age, ask him. <laughs> he put it back on the boy. And so the parents said these things because they were afraid to be thrown out of the temple. And the Jewish leaders would have thrown them out. So uh, this is what he said. They brought him back a second time. The man who was born blind said unto him, says, you got to get glory to God. He said, we know that this man is a sinner. He answers, I don't know about that. If he's a sinner, one thing I do know is I was blind, but now I see. <laughs> and they said unto him, what, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, now I told you, and you didn't listen. So why do you want to hear it again? Even though you want to become his disciples. Boy, they berated him after that, said, you're a disciple of that one. And we're the disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but we don't know where this one is from. And the man said again, certainly, it's wonderful. I don't know where he's from, but he did open my eyes. We know that God doesn't hear from sinners, but if anyone God's fearing, 
would make the desire known. So from the beginning, someone opened his eyes, born blind. If this were not of God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. And they answered and said unto him, You were born holy in sin or totally in sin. And you're trying to teach us? And they threw him outside. <laughs> and when this happened, when they threw him outside, Jesus found him. He said, You believe in the Son of Man. And who is he? Should believe him. And he said unto him, Even you have seen him. In fact, the one that is speaking to you now is that one. <laughs> Oh, they had some times, didn't they? They had some real times. Because a miracle of that degree, of that level, how that a person is born blind and is seeing is very powerful. All over the world, where we see great and powerful miracles, the people are directed to the Lord Jesus, and they feel his power, and they feel his glory, and they feel what God is doing in their land. And we've seen it happen so many times. But what I was going to say is back when I was with Bonky, I was sitting on the platform saying this, and I was crying because of noticing what God was doing. And the Lord spoke to me then. He says, son, this kind of revival I'm bringing to your land. Now, that's been several years ago but it's starting an increase right now. It's starting coming to the land right now. We shall, we will, we will have great and mighty signs and wonders that God has promised, and they will increase instead of decrease. Amen. Well, anytime you look outside, you go anywhere else, we, we've had the Ebola crisis. We've had some other things all the way through life. So the world is sick. Notice what it is right now. We have more doctors. We have more nurses. We have more hospitals. We have more science and more invention. We have medical help. Yet the world is sick. People of the world that are totally confused about this, they don't know what to trust, a medical doctor with his drugs, a surgeon with his scalpel, a psychiatrist with his inventions, or whichever way he wants us to speak to people and help them, an osteopath, a chiropractor, all these different kinds of people hooked into medicine, but what they should do is just trust in Jesus. Miracles make the world realize the power of Almighty God. Miracles have always brought faith to the multitude in this world. People, I'm talking to you right now, the people need to be full of the goodness of God. And start thanking him and giving him praise and giving him glory. Then they will and shall see the blessing of the Lord in their lives. How God can heal and set them free. Now, we have a situation that several years ago in movies we had a guy called Elmer Gantry. He was a phony. He was a fake. We have charlatans out there. So, healing talking about healing is total cures from pain or distresses God is ready to do the whole nine yards you see here, here's a scripture look at this one right here 
in third John two, turn over there to third John two. It said third John two. It said, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Now that specifically talks to the body, to the soul and the spirit. So in our minds, in our hearts, in our lives, in our being, we release ourselves to the living God that he will set us free. Uh, Look over here in Luke chapter 13. Let's look at another story. This story has to do with the fact that the woman that had a spirit of infirmity. I have noticed a few people in life that have had that kind of spirit. What that kind of spirit is, it attacks different parts of your body. And so this spirit of infirmity had been upon this woman for 18 years. You find the story in Luke 13, beginning verse 11. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. And uh, she had it for 18 years. And she was bowed together, and it could no wise lift herself up. That means that spirit on the woman had her so under the control that she couldn't even raise herself up. And when Jesus prayed for her, on the Sabbath day, what happened? Jesus said in verse 16 of that chapter, said, I'm not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham. Now, let's stop there just for a moment. What was this talking about? This was talking about a covenant relationship. It was talking about the fact that she was a Hebrew, that she desired healing for her body. And Jesus said, she is a daughter of Abraham. Well, brother, sister, we got something to shout about right there. We're the daughter, your daughters and sons of the living God. <laughs> we have what a connection to heaven that we have. Oh, we're connected to heaven. Now, notice what he said. This did not come by a sickness. This came by a satanic attack. Because listen to what he said. Jesus said these words. Are not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound? Now, I've seen a few people that way that have been bound. Teen years. Be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Question mark. He said, <laughs> he said it could happen any time. It could happen any time. See, those religious people had such a thought in regard to the Sabbath day that everything just had to be just so on the Sabbath day. And Jesus kind of <laughs> wrecked their playroom. When they didn't see it happen the way they wanted to see it happen, therefore they said, well, wait a minute. You're not doing this according to the way that Moses said to do it. You're not doing it according to what that law says. And Jesus kind of smiled and looked at them and did what he was supposed to do. He caused that. All these things. Now, where did Jesus get his power? Where did Jesus get his power? Turn with me to Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Acts 10, verse 38. This is what it declares. Listen to the declaration made. How God, 
anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Stop right there. The Holy Ghost and power. What happened? They have a colon. Not finished talking yet. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. And what did the Bible tell us to do? It says we need to do those very same things. We need to see these things happen. We need to understand what God's doing today, how he's healing the sick, how he's setting the captive free. Uh, Several years back, just a few, well, not even several years, uh, a few years back, a man drove his son up from Kokomo. It's about a 90-mile trip. They've got a new throughway through there. You can make it early any time at all. But anyway, so he drove up. And I said, what's your problem? And the father was just in tears. He said, my son has AIDS. He's dying. He's in the last stages. And he was white as a sheet. His blood cell count must have been way, way, way down. You could hardly see any any uh, rose cheeks or anything else. I mean, he, he was really white, really extremely white, deathly white. And so I told the boy, says now God will heal you but you've got to repent ask God to forgive you and when he did that that thing was broken I laid my hands on him power of God touched him he went down to the floor and after that he come back up off of the floor and God had given that boy a blood transfusion in rosy cheeks he had strength in his body. The father was really crying then. The boy was crying along with the father. And I said, young man, don't ever subject yourself to sin of this nature anymore. Let God work through you as a testimony to whoever you see. So we know that God could heal anything and everything. There's no disease that he cannot heal, no disease that he cannot touch. So, all the way through the Word of God, it has talked about the fact that God wants to heal us today. Today, so Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, you've heard of Smith Wigglesworth. <coughs> Excuse me. One of the most amazing things we've ever heard of. Now, we've heard of Smith Wigglesworth as different parts of the body have been healed. And they have been, you know, even if they were cut off, then creation, works of creation took place in these bodies. Legs grew out. Arms grew out. It was an amazing thing. Now, they tell us, I was reading this book and wrote some of this information down that this was a Mrs. Williams who lived in England. She had such a terrible cancer. The cancer was in her mouth that her tongue was cut out of her mouth. It had to be removed because of her cancer. And so it was so bad 
the surgeon, took it out. And for years, for 12 years, she lived without a tongue, without the ability of speech. She raised her children. She communicated with her husband, communicated with her neighbors on a pad she always kept with her. So she went to a healing crusade held by the man of God, Smith Wigglesworth. And uh, when she was there, she went up to the evangelist to pray for him. And the evangelist said, what do you want? And she suddenly realized that she didn't carry her pad with her. There was no pencil. There was no pad. No way to communicate. Pointing to her throat, that's all she could do. And so the man of God laid his hands upon her head. And the evangelist prayed, oh God, give the lady the desire of her heart. As he was praying, did you get that? As he was praying, Mrs. Williams began to choke. Something moved in the back of her throat. And there, in front of the thousands of people in England, right on the platform, God grew a new tongue. Then she began to speak. Then she began to sing. Then she began to shout. And the local people that knew her, had a great move of the Spirit of God in that city. And did I say what city it was? I believe the city was Liverpool. Liverpool, England. How mighty is our God when he does that. Create a miracle touching this lady. And so she went around anywhere with Brother Smith who's testifying and preaching they had her come and tell her story and showed her tongue. Now that was kind of funny, you know, going out among people like that and putting your tongue out at us. But she had a reason to stick her tongue out. <laughs> she had a reason for that. And, of course, that reason was healing, that God had given her a new tongue. So it's one of the great things that happened. But... Because we're living in the last days, I believe that God's going to do greater things. We'll exceed what we've even heard of. There's many, many things. I'm telling you what. There are a lot of things in my spirit tonight, but I just don't want to articulate it at this point in time. And next week, I will continue with this. Now, don't forget that tomorrow, we're speaking about the 10th chapter of the book of Daniel. That is between 6 and 7. And it has to do with the fact of cosmic warfare. Cosmic warfare. Oh, we're going to have us a time. And talking about the fact what the enemy has trying to do and what he's trying to do and talking about how the battles in heaven, the things that are going on right there. And it gives a complete story about that from the Bible showing exactly what is happening right now, how that the enemy is trying to cause all these type of things to happen. Cosmic warfare. We know that we win every time. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the anointing right now. <laughs> I feel the anointing of the mighty God touching, healing, setting people free, letting your glory come upon them and overtake them. Hallelujah. Uh, it belongs to you right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. It belongs to you right now. Now, the way I kind of got this way in the throat is when I was out walking earlier this morning, I was sweating too much, and I should have 
uh, been a little more careful with my body, but I wasn't. And so that's why I have this little little attack right here on the throat. That's what happened. But it's going to be gone tomorrow, I tell you, all the way. I'm not going to put up with that junk. i tell you this much right now. So that's why I have been speaking in a kind of a lower language. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. God is good. And his mercy endure. Let, let, let me offer a prayer to you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, your son, we thank you at that name. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that you are glory, that you are the Lord. You are the Lord. Hallelujah. And we bow our knee before you, Lord. If there's anyone listening right now that you're not born again, say these words after me. So, Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me of every sin. Cleanse me with your precious blood. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you for setting me free. I thank you for giving me joy in my heart. I thank you for releasing me from the attack of the enemy on my body, soul, and spirit. Thank you that now I'm free by the blood of Jesus. Amen. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're born again, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10. Well, friends, it's been glad being with you today. We've enjoyed ourselves immensely. We're sorry when we... uh, problem with a throat, but I explained to you what exactly happened, but that's not going to be happening tomorrow. I should be out of this situation with the throat thing, and uh, usually then then uh, would be able to reciprocate in a greater measure, but I feel good. I don't have any problem there, and uh, the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. So everyone, be blessed, body, soul, and spirit right now. Powerful, powerful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. Wear glory. Yeah, well, thank you, Dr. I appreciate it. The Lord bless you. I just gave them information regarding tomorrow night. Okay. It's going to be one of the spectacular times speaking about from the 10th chapter of the book of Daniel, having to do with the fact that it's cosmic warfare. That's what I've called that message. Cosmic warfare. And showing you some things from the scripture that you won't ever forget. Okay. The Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. I know. I know we've had a mighty time. Yeah. Hallelujah. I didn't, get, I didn't get to one-tenth I was going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I pray the well, Lord touch you through, and I know you'll be better. Oh, yeah, yeah, it'll be all right. <clears throat> it'll be all right. Yes, amen. Yeah, it'll be fine. So I don't usually ever lose a voice that long anyway, so hmm. if, if it goes, it goes and comes. But... We're going to command it to go, and it's not going to come back. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So you take the program, what you want to do with it, and get blessed with it. And and if you're getting uh, calls back or anything like that, give them information. That'll be all right. I will do that. I will definitely do that. 
And then uh, having regard to the fact of those men singing, if if you connect again, I think it was just a little, uh, I don't know what you call it, but it was kind of interference that was going on first. So you kind of clear that out, it'll be all right, right. Right, right. I'll try it again. I'm going to yeah. put another audio yeah, on and yeah, yeah. call back yeah, okay. in. Okay. Well, thank you again. Okay, everyone be blessed now. Bless you, Brother Frank. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Oh my, my! How powerful that was tonight. Very anointed, and just a lot of a lot of good good words there, and good stories. I always loved Brother Frank's stories. They're they're wonderful. Um, I know that in the beginning I did play the the music, and for some reason it was a bit choppy. So um, I will try again. I will try it again, and if it is uh, if it is um, if it is still choppy, then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and uh, try it again and call in. Well, I'll figure something out. If it's choppy, I'll fix it. So we'll find out what happens. We'll see what happens. So. I'll tell you, a lot of, as as Frank was speaking, as he was speaking and sharing things about how being healed and uh, letting God have everything, um, I was sitting here and I, I, I thought of unforgiveness. And harboring unforgiveness, keeping our heart right, is very, very important to keep our heart right because if... Um, you know, if 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 we don't keep our heart right, then then we open the door to the devil and we leave. We get the Bible says, "Give no place to the devil." You know, don't don't allow the door to be open for the devil. With in our heart is not is not a good it's not a good thing. We need to get rid of that and we need to give it to God. And it, it's not. I'm not not validating what you've been through or what. Thing, but it's very, very important to forgive because if we don't forgive, it can either cause sickness, pains, aches, migraines, whatever the case may be, or it will keep us sick. And that goes along with everything about keeping our heart right in, in all areas, staying pure, um, not being jealous, covetous, uh, having lust, or um, whatever whatever the sins of the heart are. But tonight especially I was thinking about keeping the heart right now. Especially felt about forgiveness, not you know, unforgiveness, letting all forgiveness, just forgiving everybody. Um and that way you will you will definitely ha- close all the doors that are open. As I said, there are many ways to close the doors, but one way especially is through forgiveness. So when we forgive, it's very, very important that we do that. That's one way of closing the door. And I was especially, as I was saying, I especially, uh, I felt like the Lord dropped that in my spirit and wanted me to speak on that. <clears throat> very, very important to forgive and to close those doors. Now, as Brother Frank was sharing he had mentioned on how um, he, he I can't remember his exact words, but he, he was talking about how this one person um, was under the anointing. Uh, they fell under the power, 
and they were um it was commonly called around our church doing carpet time and uh god is god's operating table now when uh when he had talked about that he spoke of now a lot of what that means for those of you who don't know is that when we're prayed for if a person is prayed for for example myself I've been prayed for before, uh, and I've been under the, heavily under the anointing. I've had hands laid on me to, and the the anointing of the Holy Ghost has come upon me so strong that I literally fall under the weight of uh, weight of the glory, because our 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 bodies, our physical bodies, can only take so much glory, so much anointing. Anyway, I fell under the power, and um, and it was like I was. It's like God had. Uh, um, put me under Holy Ghost anesthetic and was doing an operation in my heart, my my spiritual heart in me, uh, whatever He was doing. So when when God does that, <clears throat> He He works on He works on us and He 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 works on and takes things out of us that should not be there, and He does a, a mighty mighty good work in us and allows us to move from glory to glory and he takes out maybe sin or or past hurts or whatever the case is. Only he knows. He is the great physician and only he knows how to operate on us. With that, bearing that in mind, um, that's a good thing. Now, I, I Fire Talk Radio, as I said earlier, I've, I've a lot of people, very anointed people, have given me permission to, uh, personally given me permission to play their songs and their music on on Fire Talk Radius. I am really, really excited about that. Um, Becky Pierce, Zachary Smith, Bishop James McCurdy, Freddie Haler, Keith Holiday. Ray Sillers and Leland have all given me permission to play their music, their song on the show. Now that was this got um, that just came about this fall this past week. So I have not had a chance to upload a bunch of the songs and really do a a, a test show on private to see what the audio sound like. So some of them might be choppy, but uh, I plan on fixing that before the next show. So. I'm going to try another song in a few minutes, but if it is kind of choppy, like Leland, when they were playing it at the beginning, I knew I knew it sounded a bit choppy on my end, and I, I, I didn't want to just stop it in the middle of a song that was sounded a bit more weird than having a choppy, choppy song. So, But anyway, um, we'll just see how it goes, and... But I won't interrupt the song because that'll just seem strange by itself. But <laughs> that was a. But letting you know, with we have um, Bishop James McCurdy, and he's a member of our church, and he's also a wonderful psalmist. And he, the Lord, he can be sitting in the service, and and the Lord will just give him the words to the song and the melody to it. And I believe this is a story. One day uh, he was at a meeting, and it's off. As I said earlier, it's often it's often talked about how uh, God God's operating table, 
we're on God's operating table when we're under the anointing and when we're under the power. And so he wrote a song and it's called Operate on Me. And uh, so I'm going to attempt to play it. Hopefully it will not be choppy if it is. Hopefully look past that until I get my test show and figure out what's going on here. But I'm praying it's not choppy, but it's, it's talking about pretty much what we've been talking about, being on God's operating table. Actually, I think I'm going to find that someplace else because I think I think what's what the reason that that's happening is because I am calling in on Skype. So, is I'm going to play a a quick um, I'm going to I'm going to play on here. I'm going to I'm going to speak on. I'm going to have, it's called the prayer CD. I'm going to play that. That might be a little bit choppy, but I think you can handle that more than then an audio song, and I'm going to call back uh, in a different way. So stand by and for the prayer CD, please. Thank you. My friend, I have a few questions to ask you. Has anyone ever told you that God loves you and that he has a great plan for your life? If today were your last day here on earth, do you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? If you answered yes, is that because you are a good person or is it because you attend church regularly? Have you ever heard that the Bible reads, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible also reads, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And it also reads, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friend, did you know that you are a whosoever? I'd like to say a prayer for you. Lord, bless my friend right now. I thank you that you are doing a quick work in my friend's heart. And Jesus, right now, make yourself real to my friend. If you haven't called upon the name of the Lord, I pray that you'll do so right now. Say this prayer with your heart and with your mouth out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe that God raised you from the dead. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with the peace of God and the joy of the Lord. Give me a passion to reach the lost. Give me a hunger for the things of God. And Father, give me a holy boldness to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that I am saved. I am born again. I am forgiven and on my way to heaven.
because I have Jesus in my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. My friend, when you ask Jesus to come into your heart and to forgive you, He heard your prayer and He forgave you. All your sins are now forgiven. And always remember to run to God and not from God because He loves you and has a great plan for your life. I would like to encourage you, if you have friends who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, make copies of this recording on CD and give it to them and let God change their lives in the same way He's changed yours. Regards, your friend. Thank you. 
lift up your eyes on high behold the land perfect sacrifice he paid it all he paid it all for you Lift up your eyes on high, behold the land, perfect sacrifice, he paid it all, he paid it all for you. Yeah.
You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Touch those who are here, those who cry out to you. Father, we cry out to you with faith. You who raised Lazarus from the grave, who healed the blind man from birth, touch your people now. Had been 
in that condition a long time. He said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is this man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath. I'm going to stop at that point. That's verses 1 through 16. Makes me think at the end here it says in in verse verse fourteen, um, toward it says toward the end of the verse it says, um, see you have been made well, sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. I was speaking earlier, I was speaking about how I felt when I was listening to Brother Frank share and speak on these things that he was speaking on. I felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about forgiving people, how important it is to forgive people that have harmed you, situations. Maybe people didn't even mean to hurt you. Maybe it was just something that happened or something they had to do, uh, like they were submitting to authority and they were carrying out something, you know, to, to you. I'm just saying some hurts that are given to us and some wrongs are intentional and some are not. So it's regardless whether, even if the person that was hurt was you hurting yourself, I think sometimes the hardest person to forgive is ourselves because we're thinking that that we're just, we're, we're not, we're not gonna, we're just, it's, it's just too much. You know, we're harder on ourselves, I think. At least I know I am harder on myself than I am on other people. So I just, uh, I know it is very, very, very important to heal, for healing, to heal our, or for healing to occur and to stay, um, because unforgiveness is a sin. And if we, if we do not, um, forgive ourselves or other people then there is absolutely no way there is no 
be forgiven by God. And in the Bible, it talks about, um, um, it speaks about that in the, in the Bible a lot about um, about forgiving and about about how it needs to be done. It talks in the Bible. I'm trying to find it now. Yeah, here it is. And I'm going to go to it in Bible Gateway. It's uh, Matthew 18, 21 through 35. And this is the parable of the unforgiving servant. Verse 21 starts out, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, One was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So this fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not and went and threw him into prison till he should pay the the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Uh, that's pretty powerful right there. And knowing that that God will hand us over to the to the torturers and, and just my my thing is that I'm I'm thinking the torturers us gonna be hell because if we were to die in our sin of unforgiveness, then that that is gonna be torture. We're gonna be eternally separated from God. Like we we are not promised our next breath we have to keep our heart right and be ready always ready always ready to to for, for Christ to come back for Jesus to return whether it's in the clouds 
in the air when on his second return, or if he's coming for us because it's our final breath. Now, in the parable of the talents, I mean the parable of the unforgiving servants, it talked about how in, in verse 24 it says in the New King James that this servant owed his master 10,000 talents. In verse 24 it says that. In the Amplified Version of the Bible it says these 10,000 talents were probably worth about $10 million. And that was just when this when this Amplified Bible was written, the 10,000 talents was $10 million. It's probably, depending on inflation, gone up. His master, because he forgave him because he begged him to, and he had mercy on him, had pity on him and his family. But the servant, after being forgiven, didn't extend the same forgiveness to his fellow servant. Jesus, when he had gone through all that torture for you and for me, was uh, went through agony, sweated drops of blood, knew the anxiety uh, of knew what was going to come in, in for the cross, and he was whipped and beaten, and chunks of his flesh was 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 ripped out with the with the whip that was in him, but still. When he was and he was nailed to the cross. Now, when he was hanging on that cross, he says, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." Here's the man. Yes, he was God, but he was all he was 100% God. But he's also 100% human because he was in 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 the the frailties of the of the human body. He had the human limitation. So, yes, he had that. He he was God, but he was also, as I said, he's also human. He had to feel. He got tired. He got hungry. He got thirsty, and and he felt pain. So, in in all of this, he, he, everything that the people put through, put him through. He's up there in agony, struggling for each breath. And, but yet he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So, for us not to forgive anybody, when we've been forgiven so much, we've been forgiven everything. Jesus paid it all. And for us to to not forgive, we don't have that right. There's a saying, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. They're going on with their life, whether they meant to hurt you or not. They're going on with their life, their routine. They may have even asked God to forgive them for what they did to you, whether they knew it or not. But you're you're holding on to that forgiveness. It's like, taking a hot potato out of the oven with your bare hands and holding it and not dropping it. It's going to burn you. It's going to burn you. And if you don't forgive before it's too late, it's going to burn you all the way in hell with the eternal flame of damnation. 
So you need to forgive. Sometimes we have to forgive by faith and obedience. That our hearts are right. That if you would lay your pillow on the on the on your head on the pillow, you would know that your heart was right before God. It can't be an act of sin and and expect to go to heaven. We have to always, always live ready for the com- the return of Jesus. In verse 28, when it talks about 100 denarii, that's only $20. And the, the same man that was forgiven $10 million could not forgive his fellow servant $20. Notice fellow servant. That's almost like an analogy, a parable of, I mean, a, his servant, his brother, forgiving our brother. We need to forgive. We need to forgive ourselves as well. It doesn't matter. Not I'm not trying to not validate that you've been hurt. I'm not trying to validate that at all. Or discount that, I should say. Not at all. Because we've all been hurt. So that's... But that does not... But, in a person hurting, in a person, the person that's hurt you is, is, um, I mean, they've already hurt you, so are you going to allow them to hurt you even more, becoming bitter, and holding that unforgiveness in your heart to where you could very well miss eternity? And, not only that, eternity with Jesus and go to hell for it. Is it really worth that? Really, by holding on to that that hurt and holding on to that unforgiveness and not letting it go, not forgiving, not keeping your heart right, then you're in danger that if you were to take your neck, not if you were to take your last breath, if right now was your last breath, that person that hurt you is hurting you in an even greater measure. A measure that can't even be measured. Because if you were to take your last breath five minutes from now, God forbid, but if you had not forgiven the person that hurt you, you they would hurt you even more by you being in hell forever. It's not worth it. Let it go. Whatever they did, you have to let it go. I know people do some painful things, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ and the Lord, whatever it is. But you need to let it go and forgive. Now, 70 times 7 equals 490. I know that there's a place where it says 70 times 7, and uh, that's 490 times in a day that we're supposed to forgive our brother, our sister. And ourselves. So that is 490 times in a day. I think that's quite a lot of times in the day to where we can forgive, forgive ourselves, forgive others. And um, some people, unfortunately, life has not been kind to, and they've been through a lot more in life. I'm talking about horrific things that they've had to endure. 
And it's not been fair. No, it's not. But a part of the healing is in the forgiving. A part of the healing is in letting them go. A part of the healing is praying for them. That they that the Lord find them, that the Lord that the Lord touch them and that they receive Jesus. Because it just it that's a part of the healing. So it's very, very important and I feel like I feel like a lot of this I feel like I'm on a on a on a vein here. I feel like this is what the Lord I can't let I can't let this go. This unforgiveness part. So I'm not going to let it go. Because I'm going to obey the Holy Ghost. Now, imagine there's a lot of horrific things people have been through. Some say, well, I don't understand. <clears throat> Why didn't God protect me? If I was hurt, God's supposed to be my protector. I'm supposed to have angels surrounding me. Why Why did he allow somebody to hurt me in such a horrible way? I don't understand. If he loves me, why didn't he do it? He didn't protect me. He's protected others. Why didn't he protect me? Thing is, we live in a fallen world. The enemy comes to steal, the the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and that life more abundantly. And that is John 10.10. And God, you know, God, I know the plans I have for you, plans not to harm me. I'm going to look that up, actually, so I don't just quote it a little bit, but I'm going to look that up to Jeremiah and I'm not looked that up, but it's not. It's, it's in fact one of the first shows that I did um, was with with uh, was called I believe it's called Finding God's Plan for Your Life, and um, it talked it talked about this one this one scripture in there as well, and how it also had John ten. 10 in there as well. Now, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 reads, For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Now, in the, leave us a King James Version I'm going to go to, and I'm going to look it up in there, because if I remember correctly when I did this show, it, 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 it speaks differently, a couple of the words. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. I'm thinking actually about John 10.10. Let's go to John. Turn with me to John 10.10 in your Bibles and go there and you'll see 
that the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, um, it's not, it, you know, I've, it's not God's evil. Is not God. That's the, that's the enemy. That's the devil. And that is not, that is not God at all. So that's not God. It's not God's will for us to be hurt. For us to, it's the enemy's will. That's his plan. God's plan is completely different. And I just read you that plan in Jeremiah. So we need to we need to learn to forgive. We need to forgive by faith. We need to forgive by faith, no matter how hard it's been. And I'm going to play for you. This is a, a, a clip. It's about maybe a minute long, and it's uh, about this this man, this father, whose daughter had been been murdered in um, in a brutal brutal way by Gary Ridgway, but. Just listen to what happens. Gary Ridgway sat there stone-faced as victims' relatives damned him and mocked him. He's an animal. I wish for him to have a long, suffering, cruel death. He's going to go to hell and that's where he belongs. But then the emotionless facade finally cracked when the father of one of his victims appeared to surprise him with a dose of human kindness. Mr. Ridgway, um, there are people here that hate you. I'm not one of them. You've, you've made it difficult to live up to what I believe, and that is what God says to do, and that's to forgive. You are forgiven, sir. And that takes a lot of faith, a lot of grace to forgive. But it takes this uh, just an act of an act of faith. And you know, there was a lady, Corey Ten Boone. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. I played her. Um, her thing, her her clip on here before, when she speaks of it, and and uh, she talks about how she was um, very very hurt. Now, for those listening live, I'm going to run over a few minutes, not a lot, but just a few minutes, so you can come back and catch what uh, what you miss. Because we've got seven minutes and 30 seconds, and I'm going to play a clip that is seven minutes and 15 seconds and talk a few more minutes on it. So please, you can also call in to 646-668-2093. That is a guest call-in. You can just call in so that you can hear everything. Uh, that's going on because what what we'll go over when I go over the show it will be um, it will come it will be on there recorded so but in in, in a little under seven minutes it is going to go off being live but you can come back and listen listen to it so 
Again, 646-668-2093. And this is um, this lady. My goodness, she's just amazing. Just listen to this. Actually, I'm gonna. I'm going to. Uh, I'm gonna do this differently. I tell you, it's a modern technology and and learning things. I'm learning a lot more and and knowing how to do these things. But certain things are just take a little bit more time than others. So, but we have about five minutes and 44 seconds. As I said, we are going to run a little bit over. So, if you want to come back and catch the rest of it. It's not going to be long, <clears throat> but um I just I I feel that I feel that um I feel like let me lead you in a prayer of of forgiving right now. And uh, just letting it go, letting letting it go, giving it to God because that's what he that's what he needs from us. Let's just let it go. Now just repeat after me, just say, Dear Lord Jesus, I forgive everybody whoever hurt, neglected, or abused me. It was not my fault. I forgive myself for everyone I ever hurt, abused, or neglected, including myself. Father, I release them. I pray that you send effective laborers to witness to them, get them saved, and that they serve you all the days of their life and end up in heaven. I pray blessings upon them and their families and that you give them peace, joy, and love. And I receive your peace, joy, and your love. Amen. It is so freeing to forgive. It's really, really freeing to forgive. And it's it's a... Is it's necessary, and um, so to let just I pray that uh, I pray that you have you have forgiven, and I pray that you prayed that prayer. And as I said, um, we're going to be going off the air in about three minutes, approximately. So just uh, either call 646-668-2093. I'm going to be going over a little bit because so, I don't feel I'm done with what the Holy Spirit wants me to share. So go ahead and, and uh, call in or come and check later. So Now, 
also want to let you know, if nobody's ever told you that God loves you and has a great plan for your life, I want to tell you right now that God loves you so much, has a great plan for your life. God forbid if today was your last day on earth, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? If you're not sure that you would go to heaven, just mean it with your heart and repeat after me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. I want to tell you right now, as a servant of Jesus Christ, I tell you today, all of your sins are forgiven you. Always remember to run to God, not from Him, because He loves you, He loves you, He loves you so much. And He has a great plan for your life. So take that step of faith and be forgiven. And Jesus is baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. So if you have not been baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and just repeat this prayer after me to say, Jesus, you are the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. And I'm asking you to baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, speak out whatever comes out of your mouth. Don't let it be English, Spanish, whatever language it is. Just let the words come out. And just just the syllables, the holy syllables of God. There you are. Keep going. Keep going. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the heavenly language you've given them. Now, if you've not gotten your heavenly language, don't be, don't be discouraged. You're going to get it. And we're going to go off live in about 20 seconds. I'm just going to keep preaching here and teaching. So if you have not got your heavenly language, don't be discouraged because we've had I've heard testimonies about people that have prayed for their heavenly language but have not gotten it. Uh, right away when somebody prayed for them, but they were going about doing their their chores in the day, maybe vacuuming or just whatever it was they were doing, and then all of a sudden their prayer language was they got their prayer language, and they started speaking in in the language, and they were really excited. So don't be, don't be discouraged, and know that you'll, you'll get it. Just keep standing on the word, and know that that God wants to give that to you. Now, I was speaking about Corey Chen Doon, and she was uh, this lady that was in a concentration camp. And, um, in fact, I believe it was The Hiding Place, the movie The Hiding Place was based on her life. And, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play. It's about seven minutes and 14 seconds, and it's powerful. She can preach. Only she can give her testimony like she can. I, I, I could tell you a little bit about it, but she can give it better than I can.
strength is Jesus Christ himself. And his cross shows us that we can accept suffering as a part of God's plan for this world. When I was in a concentration camp, one of the most terrible things I had to go through was that they stripped us of all our clothing and we had to stand. The first time was the worst. I said, Betsy, I cannot bear this. And suddenly it was as if I saw Jesus at the cross. And the Bible tells, they took his garments, he hanged there naked. And I knew he hanged there for me, for my sins. And by my suffering, I understood a fraction of the suffering of Jesus Christ. And it made me so thankful that I could bear my suffering. Love. So amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. Some people are afraid to look at the cross. Are you? Don't be afraid. The cross is terrible. It is terrible how Jesus suffered. Not to describe. But you must not be afraid to look at it. For if you had been the only person in the world, Jesus should have suffered for your sins. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my sins rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight. And now I have guidance every day. It was some time ago that I was in Berlin. And there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Bohm, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? And suddenly I saw that man that was one of the most cruel outseers, guards, in the concentra concentration camp. And that man said, I have, I'm now a Christian, I have found the Lord Jesus I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world, also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done. But then I have asked God's grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness. And Fräulein Tambom wants him here forgiven. Will you forgive me? And I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw, when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. Do you know that Jesus has said that? When you do not forgive those who have sinned against you, my heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. I, I knew, oh, 
Oh, I'm not ready for Jesus coming because I have no forgiveness for my sins. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. And then I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5 5. The love of God is shed abroad into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And I said, Thank you, Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who is given to me. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment I was free. And I could say, Brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either. But he can. camp, gone through God only knows what kind of horrific stuff that was done to her and you heard her, she couldn't forgive at first she didn't, she, then she realized by the grace of God, God's love through her enabled her to forgive I think the same with that, the, the father of that serial killer God's grace, God's love through him was able to forgive that man. And in forgiving, forgiveness sets us free. Sets the, the sets us free. The, the prisoner we become. The prisoner to bitterness. The the prisoner to the the hurt. The prisoner to the pain. It sets that prisoner free and and breaks the chains of of pain, torment, everything. And 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 enables us to be free by forgiving. Which is um with the grace of 
allowing us to do that and and the obedience to do that the obedience to forgive the willingness to forgive like we have been forgiven notice and when i was reading about the parable of the of the of the servant the wicked servant the unforgiving servant was thinking about how so you'd be handed over to the tormentors well when we're in bondage when we're in unforgiveness we're tormented by if it's you know leaving the door open or opening the door to the enemy uh, to make us sick or to torment us, reliving the experiences, whatever it is, that's torment right there. So knowing that we need to be, we need to just release those people, release ourselves especially, and let it go. It's very, 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 very important thing to do. Forgiveness brings complete and total healing. Now, I just wanted to let you be aware that January 2nd starts a new intake of students at the Bible College um, from the church I'm at, River Bible Institute. It's an awesome, awesome school. I did two years there, and um, it is just a wonderful, wonderful Bible College. And they have River School of Government, River... Uh, School of Worship and River Bible Institute. Now, if you're interested, I have been... Let me play a little clip here on one of them. And then I will talk to you in a moment. On the east coast of Florida's Kennedy Space Center launching shuttles into outer space. Right here in Tampa, Florida. The west coast of Florida is a launch pad launching revivalists into the 21st century around the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you feel the call of God on your life, now we've got two schools here, the one called the River Bible Institute, the other one, the River School of Worship. And if you feel called to preach the gospel, the River Bible Institute is for you. If you're called in the music ministry and worship, the River School of Worship is for you. So don't put it off for another day or month. Sign up today. And there you have it. <laughs> awesome, awesome school. And if you want further information, go to riverbibleinstitute.com, riverschoolofworship.com, riverschoolofgovernment.com. So you can go there, check it out, and... The next intake is in January 2nd, and there are scholarships for the River School of Worship and the River uh, River Bible Institute. And I have been authorized by the administration and the dean of the college to give away scholarships for the River Bible Institute and the River School of Worship. So if you feel that you have the call of God on your life, and you would like to go to Bible college, but you thought you didn't have the money for this for the tuition. I got great news. I give I am giving you a scholarship right now. You can go to Fire Talk Radio, the number two 
with Fire Talk Radio 2 at yahoo.com. Just let me know if they you want to be you want a scholarship for for the for the and I'll give it to you. So uh, as of now, River School of Government does not have scholarships, but it's, it's something you can check out on riverschoolofgovernment.com. And uh, also, if you feel somebody has a call of God on your life, on their life, maybe it's not you, maybe you've been through Bible college already, but it's somebody in your family or it's a friend, you have my, my permission to give them a scholarship. And just, just uh, you can leave me a message either on the 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 home page of, of of my fire talk radio you can just go to blog talk radio or actually dot um, com uh, forward slash fire talk radio and then the number two dot com or you can go to you can email me as well at fire talk radio the number two at yahoo dot com and let me know so these are some wonderful, wonderful schools, and the, the next intake, like I said, starts January. So, just letting you know about that. Now, also another wonderful place is it's called the River at Tampa Bay Church. The address is thirty-seven, thirty-eight River International Drive, Tampa, Florida three three six one zero, and on Sunday it is ten a.m. The service is 10 a.m., and the evening service is 7 p.m. So those are wonderful, wonderful. If you're in the area or um, you can just come visit, be a part. On Wednesdays at 7 p.m. is the service, and Thursday is at 7 p.m. is a prayer meeting. So from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m., come and pray in the tongues and pray for the nation and needs and and things like that. So uh, Revival.com, R-E-V-I-V-A-L.com, Revival.com. You can watch the services live, and you can also watch um, archive previously recorded uh, services from the river there and getting any kinds of things that you, you need over there. Now, also... If you feel you need prayer after this show uh, or any time, 24-7, you can call 866-857-4837 or you can go 866-85-R-I-V-E-R. So it's 85-RIVER, the, the letters river. And 24-7, you can, you can get prayer um either live or via recording, so just call in 24-7. So, and um, I think that's all the announcements for now. And um hope you've enjoyed the show. I'm glad that that you joined me tonight, even though you're listening to part of it recorded. It's still all together on the archive. So I'm glad that you joined tonight. I I hope you were blessed. I hope you learned some things. I hope you let go of the weight of the chain of unforgiveness so that if you were to breathe out your last breath, you would be in the arms of Jesus and in his glorious presence forever. So um, at the beginning of the show, when I played Leland, I played Refresh Me, but it was a little bit choppy because I was on Skype. I wasn't on a landline. 
So I'm going to, after I finish talking, I'm going to let them close out the show, and I'm going to play Refresh Me again, and it should get it, and it should it should be playing properly, and you'll be able to hear it better and receive more from it. So I just want to let you know that tomorrow, as Dr. Frank Sarmal was saying, at 6 p.m. is his Bible study. He's going to be talking on um, the book of Daniel and um, cosmic um, problems up there, but I forget what he titled it. I'm going to go back and look at it so I can I can title it that. But um, just to let you know, you are loved. God loves you so much. You're accepted of the beloved. He loves you so much. He loves you, loves you, loves you. If the only one in the world, he would have died for you. Know that I love you. God loves you. You're accepted of the beloved. And until we meet again next Monday or even this Saturday, I'll, I'll announce, just keep a lookout. And, and, and I look forward to when we can be together again. And until we meet again, I love you. God loves you. Stand by for Leland to close it out. change.
Thank goodness for the Holy Spirit and his refreshing, and also that he brings all things to our remembrance, because even though I'm going to be putting the websites or the contact information of the guests that I had on here, uh, radio-wise, that is, I'm going to be, um, um, I want to say it, on here as well because not everybody's going to have that description because this is going to be on iTunes. It's going to be um, all over the place. So I just for people to know, for Leland, you go to LelandOnline.com, and that is spelled L-E-E-L-A-N-D-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. And he just saying refresh me. Now the bomb of Gilead was saying by Zachary Smith, and you want to go to ZacharySmith.org. That is spelled Z A C H A R Y S M I T H dot org. Now for um, operate on me was saying by. Bishop James McCurdy. He does not have a website that I was able to find at this moment, but he has a Facebook page that you can message him. You can go to facebook.com forward slash James McCurdy, and that is spelled J-A-M-E-S-M-C-C-U-R-D-Y. And for Freddie Haler, who who sang Healing Waters, his website is songofangels.com. That's S-O-N-G-O-F-A-N-G-E-L-S dot com. So songofangels.com. Now, uh, if for some reason you can't get a hold of our message or these people, you can always email me at Fire Talk Radio, the number two at yahoo.com, and let me know if, if if you need to get a hold of them, if you want to leave them a message, or if you want me to tell them something or anything like that. So I just wanted to let you have all of that information, and I wanted to spell it because you never know how things are spelled nowadays. So when it comes to websites and things like that, so uh, as I'm pointing out, always it's a number two, not a you know anyway, but. I just want to let you know that and remind you once again, you are loved, you are valuable, and you are accepted in the beloved. Until we meet again, bye. You're listening to Love Advice with Leanne. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, hi, Leanne. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Why, in your professional opinion, do you never take my calls off the air? Is this Carl? Yep, it's Carl. I mean, we had a few dates. Everything was great, I thought. Uh... Well, you know, when you switch to GEICO, you could save a lot of money on car insurance. Okay, awesome. You should call them. I will. GEICO, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. 